hey, it's Seeking Plum. I've kind of got some tangible history for you. Okay, virtually. But let me tell you how this journey began. On Wednesday, the woman came with the adoption papers so I could sign them and Willa would become mine, but I've since renamed her. <laughs> her name is now Daisy. Oops, the Daisy, lazy Daisy. She's a bit lazy when she plays. When the woman sat down on my couch for a second, she happened to look up and see a book on one of my two bookcases. She was intrigued because it looks kind of old. And I said to her, if you think that one looks old, you should see this other one. Now, I acquired these two books a long time ago. We're talking before the internet was really common. So for whatever reason, it never dawned on me to really look into them. But this woman was curious and she wanted to know more about the one book in particular. So uh, she asked me to send her a picture of the inside information. She sent me a link this morning and that sent me on quite the hunt. As a teaser, when I'm done, I'm gonna put up pictures on Instagram so you can see these books and the inside pages. Okay, book number one. It's called Five Little Peppers Midway by Margaret Sidney. Apparently, it was book two in a series, and those books were all published between 1881 and 1916. Five Little Peppers Midway was first published in 1890. Okay, so I had my starting point. Next, I learned that the illustrator of the book, William Ladd Taylor, lived from 1854 to 1926. So 1926 is the upper end of the window. So also on the inside, I found references to Lothrop Publishing Company and D. Lothrop Company. D. Lothrop stands for Daniel Lothrop. He lived from 1831 to 1892, and he got into publishing in 1868. Apparently, he had a really big focus on printing literature for children, even though he received a lot of pushback. But then he got really positive response out of it great success. So this particular book is a children's book. So I mentioned that he died in 1892, but the company continued with his wife running it. That is up until it merged with another company. So it became Lothrop, Lee and Shepherd in 1905. Now inside the book, there is no reference to Lothrop, Lee and Shepherd. So I believe it was printed before 1905. So just to recap, my original window was the first publication in 1890 and 1926, the death of the illustrator. But now I know that it was published before the merger of the publishing companies. So it's now between 1890 and 1905. As an aside, this is kind of interesting. Lothrop Lee and Shepard over the years and different iterations have now become an imprint of HarperCollins. Anyway, they were known as a publishing and a book-selling uh, firm. So if Lothrop was also considered publishing and book-selling, they would need a press to do the printing. And I think that's why we see Norwood Press written there in the front of the book. And through my searches, I found that Norwood Press also was several companies coming together, and that happened in 1894. So the window narrows again, moving from 1890 to 1894, and 1905 still being the upper end. The funny thing about some of these older books is they weren't yet a part of the similar patterns we see now. They didn't have ISBNs, and the dating 
was not seemingly consistent. So on this front one page here, it says copyright 1890 and 1893 by D. Lothrop Company. Okay, so by today's traditions, you would say maybe it was last printed in 1893. But above it is this weird bit of text. Some of it looks like it's part of the book and some of it looks like it was just stamped on there. It says Pepper, trademark registered, January 25th, 1904. And the part that looks like it's stamped says November 7th, and I think that's 1905. What's also interesting is if you use a camera that has a grid on it and you lay it over the page, none of these lines of text are horizontal. None of them line up. So I'm no expert, but I think it was printed between 1894 and 1905. This next book is my favorite of the two in part for what it is and because of the journey it took me on. By the nature of how this book was bound, it just looks old. It's the complete works of William Shakespeare. Just after the title page, it reads, Oxford, Horse Hart Printer to the University. And it was actually Mr. Hart who started this entire journey for me. Horace Henry Hart lived from 1840 to 1916. And he was the printer to the University of Oxford and the controller of the university press between 1883 and 1915. I don't know why, but this is kind of mind-blowing to me. He convinced the university to begin using wood pulp paper during that time. Can you imagine? Sadly, during the last 20 years of his life, he suffered with insomnia and depression. He retired at 75 in 1915. And the following year, he drowned himself in a lake uh, of a neighbor's garden. His gloves were found neatly folded on the bank. During his life, I think it's safe to say that he made quite the impact on the publishing industry. So now we have our first piece of information. He was the printer to the university between 1883 and 1915. So that's the window. Moving forward a couple of pages, some of this looks a little familiar in the way it's laid out. At the bottom, it says Oxford at the Clarendon Press, London, Edinburgh, New York, and Toronto, Henry Froude. Now there's actually a lot of information in there. So what I learned is that the New York office didn't open until 1896. So that narrows our window from 1883 to 1896, and the upper end being 1915. So Henry Froude was a real person, but using his name in this way was actually part of a naming convention. If you saw this, it typically meant that the book was published in London and issued on commission by an author or a learned body. So maybe a school or a university maybe? And I'm wondering if maybe this could be a textbook? So, as I said, when we see Henry Froude, it means it was published in London, but this area also says Oxford at the Clarendon Press, and that was only used when books were published in Oxford. So, I'm guessing it was printed in Oxford, but it was still done on commission. Okay, so nothing's changed. The window is still 1896 to 1915. At about that point, I was pretty well ready to give up. I didn't think there was much more information I could find. But then, 
there was this other name there I decided to check into on a whim. It says, edited with a glossary by W.J. Craig, comma, M.A., Trinity College, Dublin. This cracked the mystery wide open. I mean, it was crazy. W.J. Craig edited the first Oxford University Press Shakespeare. It was called the Oxford Shakespeare. Guess what's written in smaller text just above the complete works of William Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, the Oxford Shakespeare. It's supposedly printed on fine India paper. And I've always commented about this paper and how amazing it feels and how thin it is, yet durable. So Craig wanted to uh, expand the glossary, but he didn't get a chance to before he died. So all of these pieces were coming together. He edited the first one, and it was called this, and it had this kind of paper, etc., etc., and it seemed like he couldn't do any other versions before he passed, and it was printed in December 1891. Now, like I said, I am no expert, but maybe, just maybe, what's really hit home today is digging through these different lives, the things they've experienced, the highs and the lows, where they came from, what they achieved, and being able to hold these physical books in my hands. These things, these people created, they worked on. Oh, I even found a picture of Norwood Press, and that was from the previous book. Like, the people, them actually working. It was wild. So I'm going to put pics of the books up on Instagram, and I'm going to attempt to put links to a bunch of this information into the show notes. History is kind of crazy. Just an addendum. I'm realizing that in my excitement that I think I got something a bit off. I originally said the Shakespeare book could not have been printed before 1896 because the New York office opened then, and that is printed in the bottom of that one page. And the editor could only do the first Oxford Shakespeare, which was in 1891. So maybe this is actually a reprinting. So maybe the window is actually between 1896 and 1915 still. I don't know. I guess I'll just have to remain curious.